0: Girlfriends, episode number 47, Seven Steps to Happier Living. Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom, and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. So what are we waiting for? Let's get started. Hey, girlfriends, welcome to another episode of the Girlfriends podcast. I'm so happy that you're here. I'm always happy when you join me for another episode, another week. This past weekend, I had the great opportunity to meet some Girlfriends listeners in real life. I got to meet Erica, who has contributed to the show before, leaving feedback, um, at the Jacksonville Marriage Conference that I was speaking at over this past weekend, um, To the End of Love, which was put on by Paradisus Dei. Beautiful conference, beautiful group of people. I met Erica once before at a different conference in Orlando, and she's called into the show with feedback and um, sent me notes a few times using Voxer. She knows I love that. And it was really a joy to be able to meet with her, however briefly in person. And also Kristen, who has called into the show before, I really enjoyed getting the opportunity to meet her in real life, even though it wasn't quite as long a conversation as I would have liked to have. It was just a busy time and um, another time I would like to be able to sit down for real in real life and um, really connect with some of you, including people like Kirsten, that I, I really appreciate the fact that you've given me feedback on the show, that you let me know you're listening. And then to get to meet you in real life is such a joy and such a privilege for me. So it got me thinking that at one of these kind of big Centrally located Catholic events that, um, maybe a a group of us could make an effort to kind of get together in real life. I think that would be great. I'm such a fan of real life connections. I mean, technology lets us connect in all kinds of ways, but nothing really beats in the flesh getting together, girlfriends with girlfriends. I just find that is so important and so helpful when we're able to do it that way. So, That was this past weekend, and this week is Thanksgiving. Are you ready for Thanksgiving? What are you thankful for? I would have done a gratitude podcast, but we just recently did that, the Counting Your Blessings a few weeks back. Um, But I will share with you that I am grateful for the fact that my son Ambrose is coming home. My son Amon too, but we haven't seen Ambrose since we left him um, in August at Ave Maria University down in Florida. So it's going to be a real pleasure to have him home, even if it's just for a long weekend and um, reconnect with him and the whole whole family is really looking forward to it. So I hope you're enjoying making your plans for Thanksgiving. Don't you love Thanksgiving? I I truly love Thanksgiving. It is honestly my favorite holiday because, well, first of all, I love food and I love preparing food and I love having any excuse there is to kind of gather people together and make a special meal. But I find that Thanksgiving is one of the least tainted holidays by consumerism in this country. I mean, even Halloween is like the number two holiday for spending in the US. Like, that's ridiculous. Like, why can't we just have a holiday where we don't need to be spending tons of money and have all these expectations for gifts and events and decorations and whatever. So Thanksgiving is that for me. Um, I always host it Dan's dad will come over. Sometimes we invite others, but this year it's going to be just us and Dan's dad, and I am truly looking forward to it. Those of you in Canada, I know we have some Canadian listeners. I hope you enjoyed your Thanksgiving in October, and I hope you'll bear with us as we take a couple of days off at the end of this week. I work with Canadians, so I know that sometimes they don't get it in past years, you know. They're like, why are you having today and the next day off? But anyway, um, have you started your Christmas shopping? I haven't started. No, that's a lie. I started just a little bit. And oh, I told you how I went shopping with Dan in Boston, bought a few things, and I've bought a few things online, but mostly I am unshopped, and I'm not worried about it. In past years, I've really like put a lot of pressure on myself to get it done early. And you know what? I find that's just as bad as waiting till the last minute sometimes. That pressure you feel like, get it all done before December 1st, Well, that's just as bad as trying to get it all done before December 24th, you know? So I'm going to try to enjoy the process this year. Um, There were some years where I got it all done early, but I was super efficient about it. And Dan felt left out of the process. Like there were things like I I was harassing my kids, like, tell me what you want. Tell me what you want. Send me a link. And I would like click, bye. And, you know, when it got home, just wrap it like super efficiency focused. And while maybe that was sort of a a self-defense mechanism because life was crazy, I think it's important to enjoy the process of giving gifts. It makes it so much more meaningful and valuable an occasion. So I'm trying to be calm about it this year and enjoy the process. I am going to do some shopping online for efficiency's sake, and sometimes that's cheaper, and we do have Amazon Prime, so try to take advantage of that. But also, I like having a couple of evenings out with Dan each Christmas season. I have such great memories of doing that in the past, and I'm looking forward to making a couple of date nights out of shopping um, during this Christmas season. And, you know, here's a tip for you if you're disorganized about your Christmas shopping. Google Docs are great. I mean, I love using Google Docs. What I do is I'll make a document in Google Docs, which, of course, I can access on my phone, um, but I'll put each person's name that I'm shopping for along with a list of ideas and the ideas I, I put in... Um, black, and then I'll use a different color. I think usually I use red or, or I bold it or somehow make it different for the gifts that I've actually bought for each person. So, while we don't even come close to trying to make it all come out perfectly, even for our kids, I, I do try to have it feel about the same for them on Christmas morning. So although we failed miserably at that sometimes, just sometimes there's one kid you just keep getting great ideas for, or they, they share with you a lot of great ideas, and it's easy to just keep buying them things, however small, and they end up with a giant pile of gifts on Christmas morning while someone else is just opening too. But anyway, um, I find the Google Docs is really helpful for that because a kid will tell me something or I'll have an idea when I I might see a commercial or talk to a friend and get an idea for a certain child of mine in particular. And I'll just, I can go right on my phone and I can update my Google Docs with that idea. And that way, when I'm out shopping, I can open up my Google Docs and see what we need still to buy, uh, what I have ideas for, and kind of get a feel for what the balance is for gifts among your children. So, I recommend doing that. If you have a different system that works for you, I'd love to hear about it. We could share it here um, next week. So if you have some shopping tips and go ahead, if you're all done and everything's wrapped and you're you're good to go, you can tell me. It's okay. I had a friend tell me that the other day and I didn't kill her. <laughs> but you know what? I think that's great. Uh, if If you've done that this year, I think it's great. And if you haven't done that this year, I think that's great too. And I hope you'll enjoy the season and enjoy the season of preparation. And you know what? Let's not panic about it. I've had so many years in the past, especially as a young mom, where I felt such stress about making Advent perfect, perfectly spiritual, but then at the same time, one part of my brain was perfectly materialistic and wanting all of that aspect of the holiday to be perfect as well. It's really hard. It's a lot of pressure we put on ourselves. If you're in that place, let it go because, you know, whether you accomplish everything perfectly or not, December 25th is going to come and it's going to go. Baby Jesus is going to come. and really we need to be focused on preparing our hearts for him and not in a way that's going to stress you out, in a way that's going to bring you joy and happiness during this season of anticipation. So I'm really excited for Advent this year. I feel I've, I really could use a kind of reboot in that, um, in my spiritual life. So I'm looking forward to doing that. But today's topic is Seven Steps to Greater Happiness. Now, I'm totally stealing this idea because there's another podcast I listen to that maybe you listen to as well. It's called The Happier Podcast. It's hosted by Gretchen Rubin and um, her sister, whose name I believe is Elizabeth. I I really enjoy it. Gretchen Rubin is an author. She's written, um, The Happiness Project was her first, it was a New York Times bestseller, where she really just Sort of as a scientist looked at things that make people happy, kind of researched that and shared her findings in this book. Some of which are no-brainers, but also some of which might be surprising, and none of which are in conflict with our faith. You know, sometimes you roll your eyes about these people seeking happiness, but I found that Gretchen really is a truth seeker, and if it makes you happy, it's she's going to recognize it. Um, I don't know anything about her faith life. I don't believe she's Catholic or anything. She certainly doesn't talk much about that aspect in her work. Um, and she has another book that's called Better Than Before, which is about building habits. And she had a recent podcast with her sister where – um, she shared what uh, she calls the uh, seven essentials, essential seven, I think she calls them. Um, these different things that she, and this is in her book, um, Better Than Before, these seven different areas of our life that in her research she discovered matter the most with regard to our level of happiness and satisfaction, how we're doing in all these different areas. Um, and she and her sister had a podcast where they just went through these seven things and kind of shared What areas they might need to work on, what they might do in each of those categories to be working toward greater happiness. And I was really kind of inspired by that. I'll link to the show in the show notes if you want to listen to it yourself. But I thought maybe I'll do that here in this show a little bit, share those seven different aspects that they talked about in the show. Again, this is Gretchen Rubin's thinking, not my own. And just share where I'm at with those and and invite you to challenge yourself to think about ways in which you might improve in those different areas. Because it was, um, Gretchen's research showed that if you're making efforts and making improvements in all of those categories in your life, that you're going to be pretty happy. You're going to be pretty content and a pretty happy person in your life. And so let's just go through. First, I'll I'll share with you um, what the seven things are. The first one is eat and drink more healthfully. And the examples she gives are give up sugar, eat more vegetables, drink less alcohol, whatever. Um, Exercise regularly. Well, that one doesn't need any explanation. Number three, save, spend, and earn wisely. And the examples she gives are save regularly, pay down debt, donate to worthy causes, make purchases that contribute to happiness or habits, Pay taxes, stay current with expense reports, take classes to expand career options. Okay, Um, then rest, relax and enjoy. That's, um, she describes as pursue a hobby instead of cruising the internet. Enjoy the moment, stop checking email, get enough sleep, spend less time in the car and taking time for yourself. Uh, Number five, stop procrastinating, make consistent progress, practice an instrument, set aside two hours daily for uninterrupted work, learn a language, maintain a blog, keep a gratitude journal. So um, then number six, simplify, clear and organize. For examples, here she offers, make the bed every day, file regularly, put keys away in the same place, recycle, give away unused clothing. Um, and she has an episode that's all about clutter clearing. So um, she offers a link to that. And then number seven, engage more deeply with other people, with God, with yourself, the world. So this is really a spiritual one. Um, and she gives us examples, call family members, read the Bible every day, volunteer, spend time with friends, observe the Sabbath, stay, uh, spend some time alone in nature. So those are the seven different areas that she and her sister talked about in their recent podcast. Again, the, the name of the podcast is Happier. It's the Happier podcast, um, which comes out once a week. And then there's a short little snippet in the middle of the week called, um, a little happier, I think. Anyway, it's about two minutes and it's just sort of like a quick thought or idea. I, I really enjoy Gretchen Rubin, so I hope you'll check out her podcast. Um, but then she gets started on this particular topic with regard to me, I'm just going to walk through these and, and share some of my thoughts about my own progress and that might also apply to your progress in these various areas. So that first one, eat and drink more healthfully. Well, this is a big challenge, I think, for everybody. Of course, this is on the list, right? We all want to do things like eat more healthfully, um, perhaps drink less, do things that are going to, you know, physically nurture and nourish our bodies and not abuse them with the food that we take in. And for me, what came to mind when I looked at this was I really need to stop ingesting anything after 8 p.m. And this is terrible because it is so true that I am really good about Eating a healthy breakfast, eating a healthy lunch, being very reasonable with snacks and dinner time but something happens at nighttime. You know, usually I'm hanging out with Dan. We might be watching a movie and everything unhealthy I'm ever going to eat in a day. Promise you it's after 8 p.m. So if I would make that one small step, I would vastly improve my nutrition if I stopped eating or drinking anything after 8 p.m. except for, you know, date nights or whatever, some special occasion. But on an ongoing basis, it's really an unhealthy habit. Eating late, is just not a healthy habit anyway. Um, you know, studies show that that's a, a great way to put on weight is to eat right before you go to bed. And, and I'm not making my best, most healthful choices at that time of night. <laughs> and so I, I think that's something I can work on. But in the more immediate future, because um, I know we've got holidays coming up, I also think that I could be working more on making a plan for celebrating the holidays without completely losing it nutrition-wise. It's okay to enjoy, you know, certain things during the holiday season. It's okay you have, you know, Thanksgiving. Oh my gosh, like I am not going to be somebody counting my calories on Thanksgiving. But it's important not to let the holidays turn into a month's long excuse to just completely neglect your diet and neglect your body's need for healthful food and regular, you know, healthy eating habits. So that's something in the immediate future. And maybe that's something that you should make a goal for as well. Um, You know your own history here. You know what you may or may not do during the holiday season. So prepare yourself for it ahead of time. Have a plan going in so that you will make good choices. Okay, number two is exercise regularly. Now, okay, I'm actually pretty good about this. I don't mean to be obnoxious, but this is something that has really clicked for me, especially during the fall season with um, an earlier schedule. Uh, Dan's been working where he's getting up earlier in the morning, and it just puts us all on this earlier routine. I drive kids in, and I really, I have an hour, pretty much an hour, first thing in the morning, every weekday, where I really can just get a workout in. And I find that has been magical for me for being consistent about working out. I haven't always been that good about it. Um, and I am in a good, pretty good place. But I think that maybe my challenge, especially in the coming weeks with kids coming home from school, my <laughs> regular routines, getting switched up, getting messed up will be to navigate that. And part of what I'm thinking is as my schedule gets messed up um, in the coming weeks, as we get out of routines and whatnot with the holidays, that I am hopeful and I'm going to make a conscious effort to not not be a psycho about it. You know, other times in my life where I've been good about exercising regularly, it almost turns into a compulsion. And I don't really mean like I'm addicted or something like that, but in a way that's a, a little bit beyond balanced with regard to my time, my time, you know, I feel like Gollum, it's my precious, my time to work out. And well, I think to, to some extent, that's very healthy to kind of, you know, set your own boundaries and, and defend the fact that you, you need to make time for taking care of yourself physically that's okay. But I know other times, you know, it's important to be a little bit flexible about these things, especially with family. You know, I had a friend once who was really committed to working out. And I remember talking with her about how it was a real source of conflict with her and her husband, because the times when she was working out, he would want to be spending time with her or whatever it was. And her attitude about it was, forget him, this is important to me, this is it. You know, and while I understand that, and I, and to some extent, that can be a healthy impulse, I think it goes beyond like, you know, I'm sorry, you're married, you know, that you you actually do have to take your spouse's preferences into account the way you expect him to take yours into account. That's what balance is about. That's what a healthy marriage is about. So anyway, as I'm anticipating my routines getting messed up, I am going to plan ahead to be a little bit flexible, to go with the flow. It's okay. We'll get back to our routines eventually. The next one is save, spend, and earn wisely. I am not a financial genius. In fact, somebody just recently sent me a note saying, hey, you never have done a podcast about finances, about budgeting. Well, there's a reason for that because that is not my gift. (laughs) I am not good at that sort of thing. And that's not a cop-out. I mean, I know like we need to be wise about spending money and I'm not some sort of spendthrift, but I don't enjoy budgeting. (laughs) I don't think anybody does, but some people have more of a knack for it than I do. Um, And so... With regard to this, I thought, well, maybe I could, rather than telling myself I'm going to set a budget and, you know, be really strict about it in the coming months or with Christmas shopping or whatnot, I think it's, it's more reasonable for me to set a goal of, Staying within a a general budget with regard to Christmas shopping. Sometimes I give in to that idea like, oh, it's Christmas. Like, I have to be over the top and, you know, buy things nobody needs just for the sake of having more things to open or something. Really resist that compulsion. But then the other thing I thought about was wasting food. This is a huge thing for me. I love to cook, but then especially this fall season with my big boys being away at school, we have a lot of leftovers. And it turns out, If you don't force people to eat leftovers, they don't eat leftovers. (laughs) And um, even though I I don't have a super tight grocery budget right now, and I, you know, I have a little bit of flexibility with regard to that, especially since my big boys aren't home, I feel a little bit more relaxed in our grocery budget. I could be saving money if I were forcing people to eat leftovers and it's just plain wasteful and sinful for me to be allowing food to go bad because I don't want to, you know, force my family to eat it. And you know, along with that, I I could be making less of things and I need to I need to kind of adjust my my cooking patterns to be sure that, you know, maybe there aren't going to be leftovers or maybe there's just a little bit of leftovers to have for lunches the next day or something along those lines. So, that would be my idea for spending less or saving money. The next one is rest, relax, and enjoy. Now, the number one thing I thought, and this probably applies to you, actually, I'm willing to bet that it applies to you, is I need to put my phone away more. I need to turn it off, put it away, be in a separate room from it. Because there have been times in my life where I've been really good about doing that on a regular basis as as a routine, you know, for several hours in the evening and whatnot. I have not been good about that, and I've been giving into that, you know, constant checking email, constant refreshing apps, constant going on social media in a way that I think is detrimental to my my relationships with my kids and with my husband, and so Advent is the best time, I think, to really focus on that, and that's going to be my plan Um, to – I haven't worked out the details yet, but in a conscious way – to – limit my use of my phone, just limit my use of the internet and um, set a better example to my kids and also to speak to the people in my home about their value with, with my actions, how much, how much I value them and and I value our relationship and connecting with them. So put my stupid phone away is number four (laughs) all right the next one is stop procrastinating make consistent progress now this was a tough one for me I really did have trouble coming up with something I mean we all procrastinate various things I procrastinate stuff with with my work or stuff with you know household chores that I dread and whatnot but um nothing really stood out to me and but then when I saw about like learn a language maintain a blog keep a gratitude journal which are the examples that Gretchen gives I thought well you know what I actually am not not consistent with any kind of writing these days um, I, I share on the podcast and I feel like that's an outlet for me in a way that blogging used to be and um, I do have I call it this is so shameful I have a weekly newsletter that you can sign up for at Danielbean.com that you know lately I, it's probably been like five weeks since I sent one out probably more don't check But if you do go over there, sign up. Um, And that used to be a a good outlet for me, too, of just writing a little blurb, you know, just connecting with people once a week. And I kind of fallen away from it because I think in that case, um, and I do this with a lot of different kinds of writing, like I let, I let some, the idea that something needs to be perfect, you know, decide that I'm not going to do it, where... It would be worth doing in an imperfect way, in a much smaller way, even for my own benefit. And even if nobody benefits from what I share through my writing, it would benefit me to be practicing my writing because that's part of who I am. It's part of what I enjoy. How I I really do, you know, reflect on things and uh, connect with other people. And but connect with myself. You know, that's those are the times when I dig the deepest. Is when I'm going to be writing something about it. So um, I could be better about that. Make consistent progress with that and. I'm not promising I'm going to do that during Advent, but I am promising I'm going to think about it. (laughs) With these other ones, there are several that I'm going to work on right away during Advent, I promise, and I'll I'll check back in next week, and um, I hope you'll do the same, to really commit to something that you're going to do, at least a couple of these during the Advent season, because it's a great time to do that. Especially this one, number six, simplify, clear, organize, Uh uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay. Okay. Um, the number one thing that came to my mind was clean my room. My room gets to be a disaster. I'm pretty good about decluttering the main areas of my house, my kitchen. You know, sometimes things will pile up on the counters, but I'm pretty good about being regular, clearing out the clutter in the living rooms, um, making sure the dining room table is generally usable and you can find it, you know, because it's just sort of daily clutter that builds up. And I'm pretty good about maintaining that, but we're, I pay for is in my room. That kind of tends to be the catch-all. And then Dan and I are kind of like pushing things out of our way to go to bed every night. And that's horrible feeling. It's horrible. And I, I feel like it's unfair to Dan, you know, that not that it's solely my responsibility, but it's an opportunity for me to really make our bedroom a nice place. It doesn't have to be perfect, but it could be neater, cleaner, less cluttered. And you know what the number one thing is clothing? It's clothing. I have this is a shameful thing to admit. I have one and a half dressers. I have two closets. And I feel like that's not enough space. Well, guess what? That's more than enough space for me to keep my stuff, even all my precious shoes. And I just need to go through it. I need to go through it and make space. I need to pack away stuff that's out of season. And I need to get rid of giveaway stuff that honestly, I don't wear. I don't enjoy. I'm never going to wear. Maybe it's brand new. Some things are, are new in my closet and I've worn them not at all. Some of them, this is not a lot, but um. also some things I've worn a couple of times and I just, you know, the color's not great. It didn't fit quite right. I'm not exactly sure what I bought this to wear with or whatever. We all have stuff like that. I could pack up bags and give them away and give them to somebody who's going to actually enjoy these items, actually have use for these items. So, that is a project I am committing to myself and I am here now verbally committing to you. I am going to make my bedroom a project for this advent season, really clear out the clutter of clothing and work hard at making it a pleasant place for for Dan and I to retreat to at the end of each day. It should be a source of comfort and enjoyment and connection for us and right now it is a big fat mess. It is not comfort and enjoyment there. So clean my stupid room. That's number six. (laughs) Hopefully you have something um, in your life that you could declutter because Advent's a great time to do that. All right, number seven, engage more deeply with other people, with God. This is the spiritual one, with yourself, with the world. So we all have things we could be working on here. You know, the number one thing I thought of was, well, Advent, I usually do add some form of prayer to my daily routine, um, whether it's adding the rosary or adding some Bible reading or something along those lines or using, you know, a prayer companion from Magnificat or whatnot for during the Advent season. And um, I still will do that, but it also occurred to me, uh, that little voice, nagging voice in my head, we could be more consistent about family prayer time. Honestly, it does get pushed It's the first thing that gets crossed off our list on a day that's busy or a day where we're tired or a day where we're distracted. And it would be a shame if that continued to be the case through Advent. So I'm going to nudge myself, but also nudge my husband because he's really good about keeping us consistent, if I let him know, like, you know what, this really, we, we've kind of fallen off here. We need to make this more regular. We need to be better about this. And I think Advent's a great time to do that. So that might also be the case for you, family prayer time, whatever it looks like, um, or your personal prayer time, or, you know, it, this this particular one, um, it, I, I look at it as the spiritual one, but it also is talking about connecting with other people and um, other spiritual aspects. So spending time volunteering, perhaps, you might feel called to do that this Advent season. So um, I really just encourage you to kind of go through these and um, I'll post them on my blog, uh, daniellebean.com in the show notes for this episode so that you can take your time and kind of go through them. But one more time, I'll just review them here. Number one, eat and drink more healthfully. Two, exercise regularly. Three, save, spend, and earn wisely. Four, rest, relax, and enjoy. Five, stop procrastinating, make consistent progress. Six, simplify, clear, and organize. And number seven, engage more deeply with other people, or with God, or with yourself, or with the world. So, those are your challenges. I hope I've inspired some encouraging voice in your head that's nudging you to improve in one of these areas. And if you have feedback on these topics or how you're doing with them, or if you want to share your goal with me, I would love to hear from you. You can email me, Danielle, at daniellebean.com. Connect with me on social media. I am facebook.com slash Danielle Bean on Twitter, on Instagram. You can find me or you can go to daniellebean.com and click leave voice feedback. I'd love it if you connected with me. I'd love to add your voice to a future podcast. Well, now it's time for our interview segment, and I can't wait to share with you this really enjoyable and informative and inspiring conversation that I recently had with Lori Kroc. Take a listen. Hello, everyone. I am so happy to be welcoming a guest to Girlfriends today. Lori Kroc is here with us. I'm really excited to welcome Lori. Lori Kroc lives in Columbus, Ohio. She's been married to her husband, Al, for 32 years, and they have two grown children. Lori owns a gym, Move Strong Kettlebells, where she enjoys helping people of all ages and fitness levels move better and get stronger. Lori is also building a new business as a Soul Core leader, which combines rosary, prayer, and exercise. Lori treasures her prayer time, enjoys blogging, speaking about faith and fitness, training with kettlebells, and preparing her dog, Sam, to be a therapy dog in hospitals and nursing homes. Hi, Lori. Welcome to Girlfriends. Hi, Danielle. Thank you for having me today. I'm excited to have you, and I just love everything about what you do, <laughs> so I don't even know where to start, but first, let's let <laughs> let's start with the fitness, because that's really a big part of um, what you do, and maybe you can just share with us a little bit about how you got started in that field.
1: Sure. Well, I started actually, I, my background's in English. Mm -hmm. So, which is funny to be a strength coach with a background in English, (laughs) but uh, I actually worked in marketing as a marketing communicator. Mm -hmm. And I ended up doing a lot of work for fitness companies and I was always recreationally active. So over time, some of these companies started offering me certifications.
0: Oh, okay.
1: So then I went and got certified to teach, and I thought, well, I'm in my 40s. I better, <laughs> I better <laughs> get started now if I'm going to do this. Sure. So, and then I also, in my age group, I thought, wow, we we really need it so much. Mm-hmm. Of what I did marketing, I was sitting. Right. So if I could bring movement and smart strength training to my age group, um, I thought, well. Let's give it a go. So that's how I took my writing and marketing business and I morphed into, um, when I was 49 years old, into a fitness business.
0: I love that. That is so inspiring to me because I think there, there are some people who at that age would say, well, this hasn't been a part of my life Up until now, why would I start now, you know, and to be so involved and so dedicated to it that you're even investing in beginning a business based on fitness at that age. That's truly inspiring. Well,
1: thank you. It was not easy, but my husband was supportive and my friends, you know how you when you're making a life change like that or a a big decision, you Mm -hmm. kind of look to your family, you look to your, your good friends and everybody was saying, do it. You know, my kids thought I was crazy because at the time they were in college, all of our kids think we're crazy anyway. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah, we're permanently crazy to our children, but um, but now they they look at myself and my husband, who's very physically active. He trains at my gym, which is not always an easy thing. I right. will say, um, but and they're really proud that we're we've made that choice to be physically active and yeah. try to that work-life balance.
0: Yeah, and I love your focus on strength training um, because I think, you know, that's something that you do hear a lot of buzz about, especially, you know, for for women and for your, your bone health, that it's really an important thing. But what might you say to somebody who feels like it's not doable for them? Like, how can you encourage somebody? Because I know some people have that mental block, like, I am not going to lift weights. Like, what are you talking about?
1: Right. Well, I would say they already do mm-hmm. in life. Right. So if you have to pick up kitty litter, dog food, a child, a grandchild, you know, um, tools in the yard, if you're doing gardening, if you're cleaning up leaves this time of year, you're already moving in ways that require strength. Right. So why not, you know, lift up a kettlebell or a barbell or a dumbbell? Um, and work gently and slowly to heavier weights. And the beauty of it, when people say why strength training and not cardio, mm-hmm. I will say because strength training is both, mm-hmm. right? It's, you're going to get cardiovascular work, but you're um, building muscle, which is what we need, especially as we age. Right. And it's very gentle in the joints. I mean, the number one thing is that it's not high impact. I right. don't have to jump up and down to get strong. So, a lot of people can't jump. They have bad ankles, bad knees, you know, hip issues. Mm-hmm. And always get started uh, with strength training at any age. In fact, I just had a 69-year-old woman join my gym. Oh, that she's- is terrific. <laughs> and she just is knocking it out of the park. But we just move slowly, just very slowly, sure. you know, meet her where she is and just little by little keep encouraging. And she's learning good technique. That's the other thing about strength training. It takes Some mental focus, which Mm is wonderful, too, because it takes your mind off everything else that's going on in life, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, But I would say that sometimes I'll run into individuals who don't want to really, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but they don't want to think while they're exercising. They just want to go. And with strength training, there's a lot of thinking. It's a skill. It's Mm -hmm. like tennis, right? You have to learn. You have to, you know, step by step. Learn how to manage a kettlebell or barbell or even body weight. You have to learn the proper technique. People are sometimes surprised to learn a push-up has a very specific technique that we Mm -hmm. teach and progressions, regressions. Same with a pull-up, same with a squat, same with a jump. Right. So body weight movements take a lot of uh, mental focus, which is some people love it. And for others, it's not really what they were looking for in Mm -hmm. their Well,
0: I I like that you take that really encouraging start where you are kind of approach. And you're so right. We all are already lifting weights. So you don't need to have that mental block about doing it in a gym. Um, and, And you specifically focus with kettlebells at your gym. I haven't used those before.
1: we're
0: going
1: to have to get together. Yeah, I I
0: use a big bar for squats and um, I use, you know, just the regular barbells, dumbbells for other kinds of strength training. But I have yet to be converted to the kettlebells. I don't know. Maybe I'll have to come to Columbus and try it out.
1: I have to come because... I have, There's like 600 things. I have in my database about 600 ways to move with a kettlebell. Isn't that surprising? You probably would. That is go, surprising. Oh, I think of one move that the makes, kind of general uh, swing maybe squat. Scary. Yeah. Deadlift maybe. But no, there's, I have 600 ways. In Holy my cow. Database.
0: Okay. All right. I'm coming to Columbus. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to do that. Oh, that sounds great. Okay. Well, I want to make sure that we get to the questions I ask everybody who comes on Girlfriends, Lori, because I ask the same questions to everybody and I'm always encouraged and inspired and sometimes amused by the the different answers that women from all walks of life share. So um, let's get started with our first question, Lori. Can you tell us about a time when you really felt like you triumphed? When did you first ever feel a sense of achievement, whether it was in your work or your personal life?
1: Well, I think I mean, what we just discussed, being able to make a, tra- a career change, mm-hmm. at almost the age of 50, uh, when it really didn't make sense, you know, on paper, it didn't make sense. So mm-hmm. I feel like that was a, a uh, professional triumph, definitely. Yep. Um, but then, you know, when we move on to the next question, <laughs> <laughs> it was also, um, there was also a mistake associated mm-hmm. with that so you know how it's interesting how sometimes events in our lives you know at first start out a triumph and then you have to step back because mm-hmm. you know when I made that move into fitness all of a sudden I had to figure out a business plan right mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't create a business plan at all because my when I started in my marketing business it just developed through family and friends and evolve I didn't have office space so I didn't have you know with a gym you have a physical space so you really sure. have to plan uh, have a business plan. So, uh while it was a triumph in that there was a need in the market being able to deliver it properly mm-hmm. uh was didn't come as easily. Oh, did as, you
0: did you seek out help for that?
1: I did. Well, at first, you know, I made some mistakes. So I started down the road with my first fitness certification and really realized I didn't really know enough um mm. to run a a full-fledged business with a physical space. So I had a mentor and friend who came into the business and thank goodness he was there to to assist and teach and I could learn from him and kind of figure out my path. Mm -hmm. As we know in any career, you know, when you get when you get out of college or you have your degree or you go get a certification or um, you have a success, you need to keep constantly learning and planning out that path to keep growing and learning. So my my initial certification in fitness was in primal movement. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't enough to build a business okay. on as people saw it as a destination once in a while. So they would come. We had a park behind the gym. So we'd go out and I'd teach people how to um, safely climb in a tree, uh, believe it or not. Um, oh, my gosh. You're great. <laughs> jump from rock to rock, how to land on a log safely. Yep. How to, so it was um, crawling. It was climbing. It was lifting, carrying, throwing, catching. So, all wonderful primal movements, things the body is meant to do. So, it's kind of reclaiming our natural movement. Think about how kids move on a Mm -hmm. playground. So, but to build a business around that was tough, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And so, then I started using kettlebells in my carries. And then I started learning skills with the kettlebells. And then I went and got certified. And then I modified the business model to be a kettlebell business, which was a viable business, having classes. You know, mm-hmm. having groups of people come, not everybody wants to be outside, mm-hmm. having people in, inside. So it's more predictable atmosphere, predictable, sure. uh, programming, able to meet their goals, um, mm-hmm. easily. So, so it, you know, it developed into a triumph, but at yeah. bur- um, first there are a lot of bumps in the road.
0: Right. And so you needed to kind of adjust what your plan was. First of all, to have a business plan and then be open yeah. to adjusting what you were focusing on.
1: Exactly. I mean, the market will determine. I mean, when people were coming to explore my business, they'd say, well, can you offer classes? Mm-hmm. Can we work on it? We really like the kettlebells. Can we be inside? But one of the, you'll laugh at this. This is this is my most amusing uh, learning mm-hmm. moment. We offered um, bridal, you know, co- coaching for brides. be, yep. And we were holding the classes outside, and they were afraid they'd fall out of a tree, hit snap, <laughs> nail, you know, like. Sure. Stuff, and then they'd be a wreck for their wedding. So I was like, duh. <laughs> 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 Got to keep these brides safe. <laughs> People safe, so that program didn't go very far.
0: Oh, that uh, is so funny! Well, I love how you you have such an open spirit about you know exploring different things and being open to um, what takes and what people need and being responsive to that. I think that's what makes a great small business owner.
1: Well, over time, yes, <laughs> and I would say probably every small business owner out there has stories like this. I mean, I think that's the most interesting thing about entrepreneurs is. You know, and you, I'm sure you know this yourself, just mm-hmm. the journey, the, you know, the sure. moment of learning that at the time seem like, oh, this is terrible. And then you can look back and laugh, you know, five right. years later. <laughs> right.
0: I, I think sometimes as humiliating as our mistakes might be, especially inside of a professional space, because those are public ones, I think. Sometimes it's embarrassing. Um, but as as embarrassing or as uncomfortable as that sometimes makes us, those are the things that really push us to grow. Those are the things that make us shift in the right direction where we're going to find success.
1: Exactly. Yes. And it be, it's very rewarding. When you when you look at the journey as a whole, it's it's very rewarding to look back and see how, um, how things changed and how different people came in and out of my life to help me at different times.
0: That's super. Okay. Well, before we move on to the next question, I do want to, in your bio, there's a mention about the spiritual aspect to fitness, and we haven't yet talked about that. How did you get started with that?
1: Well, I was actually uh, looking for a way to, because I spent a lot of time exercising, I spent a lot of time praying. So mm-hmm. I wanted to do the two together. And I had investigated some fitness disciplines that didn't seem right for me. Mm-hmm. So I started looking around to see if there was, uh, were there any Catholics who had developed a program with the rosary to exercise and pray the rosary rather than going out and starting it on my own. And I found a group in Carmel, Indiana, that had developed Core, And it's beautifully branded, and it's authentically Catholic. And so I actually had signed up to go to one of their leadership retreats, and I couldn't get in. I was on the waiting list. So I kept praying. I kept that weekend open just in case it became available. And it did, so I was able to go in August and received training there, and then there was a discernment period afterward um, so that we could decide if we wanted to actually lead it in our parish and potentially parishes in our diocese. So I went through that discernment and felt really called to begin sharing this program. So actually, I did my first class this week with my parish, and I'll be offering a class tomorrow at my gym. And several parishes have reached out for me to come there to bring this program. And I'm excited because it's, it's strength training. So it's a new, um, yeah,
0: I hadn't previously heard of that. So I'm going to be um, checking out exactly what that is. Cause I, I find that fascinating because there are different programs that kind of com- combine as Catholic spirituality with fitness. Um, but I've never quite heard that angle before.
1: Yeah. And this is definitely prayer. This is rosary prayer with, Gentle movement. So during the Hail Marys, um, the leader will, you know, introduce a movement, and then I'll begin the Hail Mary, and then the second part of the Hail Mary, we pray in our hearts. So the participants don't have to say anything, so they can really go deeply in word, and move and pray at the same time because they don't have to make any responses. And you know how some people will see God in nature, or in Mm -hmm. art and music. I mean, you can see God in movement. Sometimes, when you're moving your body and praying, you know, you just have this—the Holy Spirit speaking to you in ways you you never imagined. And it's a quiet atmosphere with music, soft music, and candles, and um, so just really keeping it very contemplative mm-hmm. and at the same time challenging the body because we're doing planks, we're doing some push-ups, we're doing squats, we're doing a lot of movements that are still challenging but but beautiful and peaceful because. We're not speaking. So, uh, yeah, so I'm excited to keep sharing it with with the Columbus Diocese.
0: I like that. And I like the parallels that are between kind of toning and exercising in your spiritual life and building that kind of muscle, because it really is as much as any physical thing. Prayer is one of those things. If you don't do it, you get flabby and, <laughs> and yeah. just real loose about it. And uh, so it's really a, like a discipline to just, you know, pray even on those days where you don't feel like it and kind of building on that relationship, flexing that that prayer muscle. And, you know, the, in the same way that, it, you know, we all re- understand physical fitness requires that kind of regular discipline and follow through. So I'm looking forward to hearing how that goes with you. And I'm going to be watching with great interest.
1: Well, thank you. I'm excited because, I mean, even uh, St. John Paul II said, you know, spiritual strength and physical strength work together. Mm-hmm. There's so many things about being physically active that help you the virtues of being physically active, where you have to have determination and discipline. Mm-hmm. And um, and that applies to our spiritual life. So they really both support each other.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, looking forward to hearing more about that in the weeks to come as you are exploring that new part of your work. Um, but moving on to the next question, Lori, can you tell us what's the best advice that you ever received? Who gave it to you and how do you try to use it?
1: When my fr- husband and I were first married, we moved from Ohio to New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. To new- and we got involved in our local parish and the parish priest was this lovely uh, French Canadian priest and he was, we were new to the parish and he was trying to get us, you know, introducing us to people and learning about us. And we were learning more about the parish and we went on and on about all the things we wanted to do, right? We're newly married, you know, we're just starting our careers. We're, We're anxiously hoping we'll have children someday. And he just looked at us and said two words, just this. And my husband and I stopped. We're like, what? Like, what? What do you mean? What are you talking about? He said, just this. He said, worry about just this moment. And I don't think he said worry, but he said, focus on this Mm -hmm. moment, just this. So we happened to be at a parish gathering at that time. And he said, you know, just enjoy. Just walk around and meet people. Just be in the present moment. Mm -hmm. And I still carry that with me all the time. I'm one of those People, and, and you may be this way too, um, where we have a lot of things going on. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think everyone does. Yeah. she does. And how do, you, how do you get the joy in your day is focus on the present moment. And mm-hmm. I, it's funny because I just shared this advice with my daughter who's getting married um, in the spring. And so I said to her, guess what? I'm going to share some advice with you that this kindly priest gave us years ago. And I still rely on it. 32 years ago. Yes. just this. I love it.
0: Yeah. And that's right along in the themes of the kinds of things that we've talked about here on this podcast. Um, Going back a few episodes, we were talking about do one thing at a time, How, Mm -hmm. how important it is to give yourself permission to do that. I think so many of us feel pulled in multiple directions, feel constantly guilty because we're not focusing on any one thing at a time.
1: Yes. And so one thing I started doing is kind of pocketing time so if i have something i'm working on so soul core for example Mm -hmm. i need to i set in my calendar the days i'm going to contact parishes for example so and i don't think about it until it's time to think about it Mm -hmm. so that i can be in the moment so when i'm having lunch with you know a girlfriend i'm not going crazy thinking oh i should be doing this i should be doing this i should i can really be present to her or my family when i'm with them so just trying to Plan my time so that I don't have 10 things at once that are bearing down on me. So I can really enjoy the present moment.
0: Yeah. I really appreciate that reminder. I think we all need it because we are, we tend to be multitaskers and that costs us. It costs us physically, emotionally, spiritually, and it costs our relationships because you're so right that you're not in the moment enjoying that moment fully, fully being present to. The people in your life, the relationships, the things that matter the most, if you're feeling pulled in a hundred different ways, even just mentally, you know, with the running to-do list in your mind.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: So important to remember. So that's your reminder, girlfriends. (laughs) One thing at a time. It's okay. It's enough. And I I appreciate the reminder, too, to schedule The important things that, you know, yeah, we all have stuff that we have to do, whether it's, you know, replying to emails or whatnot, whatever your responsibilities are from even, you know, just housekeeping in your house, the stuff that you want to get done, just book a time for it and I find personally I'm not like the most organized calendar person but when I do that when I, I set up my day not minute by minute but just having a general sense of you know the first part of the afternoon I'm going to be doing this and on Tuesday morning I have time available for this whatever it is once you do that it frees you to sure. focus on other things because you're, you know you have peace that I, there's a time and a place for that that has been attended to
1: Right, because I think a lot of it is people feel like if they don't think about it all the time, it's not going to get done. Right. But if, but if you put it on your calendar and then you can walk away knowing that you'll be notified on Thursday at 10 that this is the task that mm-hmm. you have set time to work
0: on. Right. It's so important. And um, and also another thing that I find is that it helps me to be more disciplined about even those things that I do not so much like to do, <laughs> whatever task it might be, whether it's regard to my work or even in my home or, um, you know, stuff with the kids, that the stuff that I don't enjoy as much that I just would kind of put off and it would be the last thing I would think of, that if – if I have it scheduled in a set amount of time, I can see the end of it. You know, I'm going to spend, you know, these 20 minutes cleaning this bathroom or whatever it is that you're dreading. And it, it makes it feel much more doable because you see that it's not just this overwhelming task kind of hanging in a general sense in your mind, but it's got a concrete amount of time and then you're going to be moving on to something
1: else. Yes. And that's why I did it, actually. Because this really? Was, yes, because I would procrastinate those tasks that I didn't enjoy, like cleaning my house or mm-hmm. I don't mean, paperwork for my business, but I have to. So yeah. I have to put those things on my calendar because I'm going to do the fun things first. Right. right? <laughs> so I to put them on to get them done.
0: Exactly. Because otherwise you'd be doing the fun things with this overwhelming kind of sense of guilt and a distracted mind, not fully enjoying it. And so why not make that investment ahead of time? And then you'll be freeing yourself. It's a gift you give yourself, don't you think? Yes. Yeah. I agree. (laughs) Absolutely. Okay. Well, before we have to go, I want to get to your lightning round. I'm looking forward to hearing Uh what you have to share in some fast, fun questions. (laughs) Don't worry. (laughs) It's really not too bad. (laughs) It's just fun to get to know you a little bit better and ask some fun questions. So if you're ready, Lori, we can get started.
1: Okay, I'm ready.
0: All right. Here we go. This is Lori Crox, lightning round on the Girlfriends podcast. Lori, how do you motivate yourself on days where you just don't feel like working out?
1: Uh, I take a day off.
0: Good. I like that answer. We'll talk more about that after. All right. What's your favorite way to hang out and connect
1: with friends and family? uh, On either our back porch or the Adirondack chairs at the pond with a glass of wine, if possible.
0: Oh, that sounds lovely and romantic. Okay. Um, When you get some time alone, what guilty pleasure do
1: you indulge in? I think surfing the channels, just lying on the couch and surfing channels. <laughs> I don't watch a lot of TV, so I just am like, what is out there?
0: <laughs> okay, well, that leads right into my next question, which was, um, what was the last Netflix you watched, and was it thumbs up
1: or thumbs down? Well, I actually don't watch a lot of TV. I'm a baseball fanatic with my husband. We watch Cleveland Indians baseball. You know, now it's over. Oh, a so tough season. A, I mean, a, a great TV. season, but tough end. They had a great season, so... Um, so I don't really watch. We don't watch a lot of movies. Okay. Well, baseball um, counts. I, I, here we go. I, I watched Life of Penguins last night. And oh, I cried really? <laughs> and I cried. So there you go. Oh, I cried during that too. It's really Uh-oh. very touching. You're normal. You're normal. <laughs> good.
0: Good. Okay, well, that's it. You, you survived your lightning round. That wasn't so bad. Oh, um, but I do want to go back, circle back to your answer on what you do when you just don't feel like exercising. I love that you answered that you take a day off. That is so important and
1: so real to be that balanced? Well, yeah, I mean, I have to be because first of all, if if you teach anything physical, if you have a physical job or you're a a fitness coach, the worst thing in the world is to be injured, right? Mm -hmm. Because then you're in pain and you can't be there for your your students in a positive way. So, and I see myself as a role model, trying to stay healthy, trying to stay, you know, not injured. Mm -hmm. And So taking it, if my body needs a day off, I take it because I have the potential to work out every day, Sure, but I don't need to work out every day. No one needs to work out every day, right? We have other things in our life. So just trying to keep that that balance I love uh, that
0: balanced approach because I think sometimes we make things harder than they have to be <laughs> you know it's it reminded me of when I, I did a podcast several episodes ago about five ways to not eat a cupcake talking about how to avoid you know the temptation to eat what you you want to be avoiding food that's not so great for you and that doesn't help you reach your health goals but the last tip I gave was just eat the stupid
1: cupcake like <laughs> sometimes yeah. it's okay yes. <laughs> I know. For a while, I was eating a, a donut a month just because I had given up donuts for so long. And I was like, well, wait, why? Like, right. I worked out. Enough. I don't need to worry. A donut's not going to change my life. Right. right. So, Enjoy it. <laughs> if not, and even though it freaks out people to see you know, <laughs> eating a donut, but. It does happen. No.
0: You know what? That's the gym I want to go to, where where the <laughs> owner sometimes eats a donut. That... Okay. There we go. <laughs> That's real life. Yes. Well, Lori, I so enjoyed getting to know you and hearing some more about your work. Is there any one last thing you want to give a shout out to? We didn't get to talk about your dog therapy before we have to say goodbye.
1: I, I don't know. I just, I'm really so excited to have spoken with you, Danielle. It's just, I mean, women working together, supporting each other is just just so important for us to be there for each other and to learn from each other and to share. And I mean, we're all uh, normal and we're all kind of, we have our idiosyncrasies, but it's just so interesting to get to know different people and their approach to life. And it, and you know, I think the one thing we're all seeking is balance, you know, Mm -hmm. just, just figuring it out. We, every take one day at a time, try to do the best we can. We don't do well. There's always tomorrow, right. To start over. So, um, hopefully. <laughs> yes,
0: very encouraging words. And I completely agree. That really is what is really the impetus behind this entire podcast of Girlfriends is connecting women in those ways, those real ways, those ways that really do encourage and affirm us. in the things that we have in common, we have so much in common, and so many ways we can build each other up if we're connecting in that way. Well, thank you so much, Lori, for taking the time. I've really enjoyed our conversation and God bless you in all you do. God
1: bless you. Thank you, Danielle.
0: And now I just want to take a moment to thank Lori for coming on. I really appreciate her perspective and um, give a call out for you to recommend people that you'd like to hear as guests on the show. Lori came recommended to me by someone who knows her in real life and i really enjoyed our conversation and I think she brings a unique perspective to the show and I hope you enjoyed listening to our conversation. And now next, I want to give a big thank you to the latest Patreon supporter for the Girlfriends podcast, Susan, signed on to pledge this week. And you can do the same at patreon.com forward slash girlfriends. They're all different levels of giving. And depending on what level you give out, you can qualify for certain freebies or privileges or bonuses, um, including a Skype call with me or a Google Hangout once a month with people who pledge a certain amount or even you can contribute just even just a dollar a show it means so much when someone like susan takes the time makes that effort to give financial support to help produce the girlfriends podcast it means the world to me it's so encouraging and affirming so thank you susan and thank you to everyone who contributes at patreon.com you can learn more about how you can support the girlfriends podcast by going to patreon dot com forward slash girlfriends I've also gotten some great email feedback recently. I recently heard from Maureen, who uh, shared a a little bit about her her life as a mom and how she enjoys the Girlfriends podcast while she's doing many things. So she said she had to laugh when she listened to the Doing One Thing at a Time show because um, she said... You would be amazed at how many times I start and stop your podcast throughout the week due to constant interruptions from family life. I wish I could focus solely on your podcast each week in its entirety. Well, that might be a pipe dream for now, Maureen, but I do appreciate you connecting and letting me know that you value the podcast. It means a lot when you take the time to email like that. Um, Maureen also mentioned the Facebook group uh, that I mentioned a little while back, and I've heard from a few of you who are interested. So I think I'm going to look into doing that, but I can't make a promise I'm going to do it this week because it's sort of a short week and I'm busy with Thanksgiving and whatnot but it is a future goal of mine to set up that uh, girlfriends kind of closed Facebook group so that it's it's a you know nothing's completely safe or private online but it's a safe place on Facebook whereas it could be a private group where your friends wouldn't see what you're posting on there unless they too were part of the group. So I'm looking into doing that. I am planning to do that at some unnamed date in the future, Um, hopefully during the month of December so that we can get that going and at least a few of us could begin to connect there because honestly, you guys are so awesome. I hear from you through email, through social media, you give me your great feedback and I want to give you guys the gift of each other, access to each other. You know, years ago when I was doing Faith and Family Live, I felt like that was the greatest service that I could provide to people who read my blog, was access to each other. We have so much to learn from each other and so much to gain from getting together and kind of sharing our our triumphs and our challenges and our joys and our sorrows and kind of lifting one another up and affirming each other in our vocations as women. So I am planning to do that and you can hold me to it. Uh, That is a goal of mine in the coming weeks. This week I also heard from David. You know David. He uh, weighed in a few weeks back about building community online and through podcasts and he's a Patreon supporter of the Girlfriends podcast and he 's the one man I know, brave enough to admit he listens to the girlfriend's podcast and is a proud fan, so thank you for that, David. but um, he wrote in um, a very long email that i 'm not going to be able to share it all, but I appreciate everything that you shared there, David. It was really thoughtful and insightful, um, especially talking about the election because I shared a few thoughts, a few frustrations last week about things that are going on online it's ongoing it's an ongoing frustration um, but uh, I'll read one section that David Sheridan. He said, more pernicious, I think, is the self-absorption that is evident in many posts on social media and certainly in those lamenting the election both before and after. By self-absorption, I do not mean the self-expression that necessarily accompanies merely being in the social media world. After all, I am the one posting, even if I am posting about someone else. Rather, I speak of those posts in which the proverbial hand-wringing and astonishment are then followed by a story relating how so-and-so was unfriended because they voted for such and such a candidate. The author of such post then proceeds to relate how they are unable to understand how either a one could vote for the other or b how someone could unfriend them for voting for so and so i think you're right david i mean just even reading your description there it just feels like circles sad sad self-absorbed circles and um, i've found a lot of peace in removing myself from social media unfollowing certain people removing certain people from my feed Not necessarily blocking people. I don't mean to, you know, some people I have real life relationships with that I'm connecting with on social media, and I do not like what they're sharing. But you can always mute people. You can unfollow people. Or, and here's what I did for a few days last week just completely take social media off your phone. You don't have to be engaging in it, it will make you feel better. Take a deep breath. Enjoy your life, (laughs) you know. Advent's coming. Great time to disconnect great time to stop talking in circles, great time to focus on unity. So that's really where I am and really just taking it to prayer. I don't think I have all the answers. I don't think I'm always right about political issues. Of course, I have my own opinions. And of course, I'm inclined to believe that mine is the right perspective. And I'm open to hearing other people's, but I think this has just been a very vicious time in our country, but then even on a more personal level, inside of our communities, inside of even our parishes, there's just ugliness and divisiveness over the election, over these two dumb, stupid people that we had to choose between in this election. Sorry if you were a great fan of either one. It's sad to me. It's really sad to me that it's affecting real life relationships. And my prayer is for unity for all of us. And I know, David, you share that as well. So I hope you all will join us in praying for that unity as well and controlling your own social media and your own relationships and being responsible for your own contributions inside of those spheres. Okay, and the last bit of feedback that I want to share, it was really touching to me. I heard from Anne this week who sent an email, and it's not too long, so I'll share it entirely. She says, Hi, Danielle. I've been listening to Girlfriends for a while now, and the more I listen, the more I enjoy it. Your work is truly a ministry to women. Thank you for that, Anne. I really appreciate that. Um, then she goes on, I felt prompted to write to you because I wanted to tell you how God used this week's episode of Girlfriends in my life. I was listening in the car on my way to work and heard you encourage listeners to take their next opportunity to to go to confession, I have an infant and a toddler, so getting out alone is always challenging. And my first thought was that it would be a while before I could go. Then I remembered that a priest would be coming to the Catholic school I work at that very morning to hear confessions. Furthermore, his coming happened to line up with my free period, which doesn't always happen, and I would be able to confess almost immediately after arriving at work. Without the Holy Spirit using girlfriends to prompt me about the sacrament, I would not have thought about it and would have missed the opportunity. Going to confession reminded me that the year of Mercy ends this weekend. We have a set of doors of mercy on our campus, so I also took one last opportunity to walk through them and receive the special indulgence for the year. That morning was such a gift and exactly what I needed. I felt like the Holy Spirit used your voice to lead me very specifically to just what I needed to do. Thank you for doing this work. It makes a bigger difference than you know. God bless, Annie. Oh my gosh, Annie, that email just made my day. It really did. And it's making me smile now just rereading it. I'm really humbled by the fact that you feel like Girlfriends was an important contribution to your spiritual life in that way. I I just, that's all I pray for. That's all I hope for. And, you know, before every episode and before I speak and before I write, that always is my prayer to the Holy Spirit to use me in whatever way he finds helpful, whatever way people need. And I always pray to be that instrument. And it's very humbling to hear your story and to know that Girlfriends has blessed you in that way. So God bless you. Thank you for sharing that. It's really encouraging and affirming for me. So if you have feedback for the Girlfriends podcast, if you have something you want to share with me about today's content, about the challenges I threw out to you in those seven different areas of your life, if you want to make a commitment in one of those areas, or tell me about a challenge that you're experiencing in one of those, or share feedback on a previous episode, you can always email me, danielle at daniellebean.com. I will love to hear from you. Connect with me on social media. Connect with me on Voxer, that cool little app. It's so easy. Just install it on your phone, and you can connect with me through... through the link in the show notes at DanielleBean.com for any of the episodes of This podcast, you will always find a link to my Voxer profile. And then once we're connected, it is easy as pressing a button on your phone to leave me a voice message that I can then play on the show. I love voice feedback because I love to share different people's voices here on the show. I think it's an important part of the way in which we can build community here. So thank you to everybody who left feedback this week. Thank you for the people who are supporting this show at patreon.com. Thank you for those of you who've left iTunes reviews. It means a lot and it helps other people to find this show in the various places that people can subscribe and listen and rate and review all those ways help get the show out there get the word of mouth out there sharing through social media i appreciate all those ways that you support this podcast that you support the production of girlfriends god bless you for doing it and thank you for being here for another week i appreciate that you spend an hour with me i know your time is precious it's precious to me that you're willing to spend some of it here with me each and every week so until next time i hope you'll enjoy your day And God bless your week.
1: Girlfriends is a Danielle Bean production. Know your worth. Find your joy.